Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two of episode 189 of the Post 20 podcast. If you haven't already listened to part one with Evan, go ahead over there. He went through game by game, went through the normal normal breakdown of how we go through things. Mine won't be, I won't be covering the same things like that, but I will go over each team and maybe individual highlighted or, or highlight certain players in the matches and see how how these teams are at this point in the year with only four to five games left, depending on the team. I was trying to get Zach on here to do it with me. He has been on a while, but he is away this weekend visiting friends. And uh, yeah, so Evan didn't have the records from last week. That's what I'm here for. Just to update you guys, it was 13 games we had to go over, uh, picking-wise, and everybody went positive. I was at the bottom. I went 8-5. and five. Zach went 9-4. and four. And I believe, I'm not 100% certain on this, but I believe this is the best record in an individual week. Evan went 11-2. and two. Absolutely crushed it. The only games he got wrong was the Palace-West Ham game and the Villa United game. So kudos to Evan. Big bounce back there for him. Uh, trying on the road to 500 for the overall season, which is something he did last year. And hopefully I'm trying to get there, Zach, as well doing his full, first full year of this. He only did 50 games last year when we did this. So yeah, without delaying you guys any longer, which I do a lot, uh, we're going to go into the first game here. Palace-West Ham, 4-3 win for Palace. Roy Hodgson has really been crushing it since he joined. Uh, he was 12 points below Chelsea when he joined, and now they're a point above him. So he's there. they've come a long way. And getting a much-needed win after a uh, upsetting defeat to Wolves the prior fixture so goals coming from four different scores there and has a Uzaha and Schlup and for me the the highlight or maybe not the highlight but the main storyline from this on their end was Wolf Zaha being subbed out in the what was that the 84th minute and being upset coming off the field and just Roy Hodgson not caring and we know Wolf Zaha his contract ends at the end of the year with Crystal Palace and there's talks of maybe a, an extension with the club but he is 30 years old and he's maybe got one more move in him big big time move if you will uh, that at this level maybe for another three years or so but I don't know it's like it's they never really had that with him prior to him coming back obviously as a was implemented back in the team and his him and Alyssa and the other guys especially Jordan Ayew in the team have really shined through in his absence. So that was interesting on their part. And for West Ham, really all over the place, they got three goals, which can be misleading, but they were all off kind of set pieces, and there was not really any buildup. We, we mentioned last week where I mentioned David Moyes went from a more position-style-based uh, team team plan to now a more route one, find the lanes in behind, and just exploit them with Antonio, who has been shining with the shift in the in the plan. So they're still there's still five points or sorry, four points below the drop. Or they're four points above the drop, excuse me. So they're they're close to being dragged back in if one team one or two teams gets a result up this upcoming weekend. But I think they're in reasonable form to get the job done. So moving on to the next game we had, which was also on Saturday. We went three games on Saturday. Brighton destroying Wolves 6 nothing. Wolves couldn't be asked on the beach. 
number one loser of this game, Mateus Nunes. It seemed like any type of involvement he had on the ball led to a mistake and a Brighton chance on goal. Ruben Neves, not much. Diego Costa, very, very minimal touches on the ball. Got subbed off at the half. Non-factor. I mean, if I was Lopetegui, uh, just the fumes, man. And you saw on the broadcast, if you caught the game, or if you want to rewatch the game, you, you can see that he's just at 2-3-0. He's a, just a beside himself with how like it just that the team didn't show up and it was something he was not expecting and for Brighton when you got Welbeck, Undav and Pasco Gross each getting braces uh, Billy Gilmore in the team has been playing really well in the, with his time there and CISO getting in there I mean you got you got Matoma coming off the bench I mean that's how good it is at Brighton right now and they're still crushing teams like this so massive for them gets them up to sixth place at the moment uh, after the result with Man United as well. So they're in a very, very good spot this time of the year. And for Wolves, they're pretty much in a cozy spot. I would say maybe they need one point at most, and they definitely can get that with their remaining games. Next, we have Brentford Forest, a game that was a bit, was just going in Forest's favor the whole time, up most of the time in the match. And early on, Steve Cooper used a lot of his... Uh, he only used three subs, so, I mean, I don't know why that was the case. But, I mean, if you got to um, look at his bench, he doesn't really have any defenders on there due to all the injuries. Yeah, he only had one defender on his bench. Uh, Kuyate, if you want, as a defensive mid, but he played with center back for Palace for a little bit there. But, yeah, the use of the substitutes really affected Forrest here, uh, as well as the going down to 10 men due to the injury to Danilo, really hurt them. And at the in the end, Brentford just outlasted them with fitness, Tony in the 82nd and De Silva in the 93rd due to, to fatigue and Rene Lodi making a poor decision in his pressing of De Silva. And I mean, Navas had a man right in his face and VAR was reviewing it if it was, uh, if, 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 him, if the attacker standing in his line of sight was interference or not and ultimately went Brentford's favor and they got a massive win at home that keeps them in the talk of maybe a seventh to sixth place finish there in Europe so keeps those alive for them and they really have nothing to to lose at this point in the year they've highly over or have significantly surpassed their expectations on the year so great for them and Thomas Frank and for Forrest it's another week without points now they're in that 18th position, tied with point on points with Leeds and Leicester, but their goal differential is significantly worse than the other two above them, and uh, it's coming to a point where they need to get points now, and thankfully enough for them, uh, they have Chelsea coming up, which is a free three points at this stage, so uh, we'll have to wait and see. They, they play, um, I forget who they play this weekend, I think it's a big six-pointer, uh, Southampton. They play Southampton, they could send Southampton down mathematically after this weekend, um, but yeah, it's going to be tough for them the rest of the season moving forward. Newcastle Southampton, we have here. It was a just like the Forest game. The underdog went up early. Uh, Southampton in the forty-first minute. Stuart Armstrong on a nice little play for them to go up one 0 at the half. At St James's, called everybody off guard a bit, and it seemed like Newcastle is going to have a big dud on there on the week. 
uh, losing at home, which would have been really bad. They've only had four losses this year, and I believe only one or two at home, if that. So changes were made. Anthony Gordon came off at the half, and Callum Wilson coming in with that brace was massive. He's been a guy battling with Isak for time uh, in the team. And when they both play together, it's something that's really nice to see. And I don't know if they can do that going forward, but there's massive competition there. And I think Calamosen broke a Newcastle record with eight goals in a in a month for Newcastle, which is a uh, beat Alan Shears record, which uh, he was happy about. But still, he's really focused on finishing in the Champions League with Newcastle for the first time in a long time. So great, great win for them. Good comeback. Theo Walcott with an own goal as well. Uh, Southampton pretty much set to go down. They they have to win out pretty much to have any sort of chance of making it in the, just, just staying in the league. And with their remaining schedule, it's going to be really tough four games on their schedule. And they play Fulham, which is their best chance of getting points after that. They got, oh no, sorry. I skipped over Forest. They got Forest this weekend and Fulham. They have to win both of those. And, if they don't, it's going to be really tough to stay up. But if they do, they have a chance. But Brighton and Liverpool left. It's going to be really tough. It's going to be a, a massive, great, great escape if they can. So kudos to them if they can. If not, it is what it is. Evan and I predicted that. Next, we have United beating Villa 1-0. This was a really scrappy game back and forth tactically. Uh, Asavilla being very well, playing very well this year under Unai as well as Ten Hag with United. It's been a successful year for him joining the league, and players are shining there. Casemiro with a nice game. Bruno with a lone goal off a rebound. Put Perry, a shot parried away by Martinez, and uh, Bruno getting in there for the scraps. Ollie Watkins being held the last couple games has been a little bit um, revealing that if he's not going to shine in this team, then they're not going to win matches, and it's a, it's a difficult thing for them moving forward. But they have a really good core group in their team. Very narrow when they play. The only width they have really is Alex Moreno coming up from the left-back position. And Man United capitalized giving them behind with a lot of good play. So we're still seeing Luke Shaw play at center-back due to the injuries to Martinez and Varane and the lack of confidence in Harry Maguire. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see this out the rest of the season for them. So... Massive win for them. Keeps them in that top four with Liverpool breathing down their necks a bit now with only uh, four points behind them in fifth. And for Villa, uh, knocks them down to eighth, but I wouldn't count them out potentially to get one of those Europa League spots, which is premium for Unai because that is his tournament. Next, Fulham, City. City with another 2-1 win. Fulham made this really close. Picked up massive injuries to Reem breaking his arm and Andres Pereira breaking uh, or having a fractured ankle. So two massive players in their squad this entire year out for the remainder of the year. Tough with Mitrovic having one more game he has to sit out coming up this weekend against Leicester. It's going to be tough for them to close this year out, but they still have players that have been shining. Harry Wilson, Willian still in there. Vinicius got a goal in this game against City, which was a nice goal. Uh, but ultimately, Holland with a pen, and then Alvarez with a, a KDB-esque goal. KDB-esque goal was the winner here. And it was almost like a bit of cruise control for City at this point. And that's what it seems like they're on. Just continuing their streak of 12 games unbeaten and a 9-game win streak in the league alone. So they're absolutely flying. And uh, it's just another win in the 
in the column. Next, we had the Bournemouth leads. Bournemouth 4-1 was a bit of a surprise here because uh, Bournemouth's been just a weird team at lately, crushing it with their their streak. They've had five wins in their last, or sorry, six wins in their last 10, I think. Yeah, six wins in the last 10, which for, at, I mean, before this run, they were a relegation team. And now it's just absolutely flying for them. Four wins in their last six, cutting it to that. But they're level on points with Chelsea there. And it's just they're behind on goal differentials. But Gary O'Neill did a fantastic job. Uh, massive win over Leeds, who are in that relegation scrap. Leeds just error after error. Meslier is having an absolutely horrendous year. Um, not sure what his future is going to be, especially if they get relegated. And... They bring in Sean Dice, or sorry, Sean Dice. They they like the same Sam Allardyce, Big Sam. Big Sam's in the sat in the seat for four games. He has four games to save Leeds in the Prem. I believe the shortest amount of time for a manager to come in to save a relegation team, and three weeks. I don't I don't know anybody that would want that that pressure on them to have only three weeks to get a team that struggled all year defensively to just stay up and I mean Big Sam it's he's done in the past historically his most recent one being West Brom where he failed and it's it's uh I don't know I don't know if it's enough and this team is has so many issues where it's a mirror image of last year where they were giving up almost 80 goals or maybe a little bit above 80 goals I don't know if they have what it takes Tyler Adams not being in the team due to injury is really really hurting them because he was a massive, massive, massive player for them, keeping them from conceding so many chances. And uh, Bamford did score in here, which is nice, but he needs to play the remainder of the year in that sort of form, just like D uh, Everton need DCL to play. And um, I don't know what it's going to be like if you're giving four, go four goals up to Bournemouth. So tough for them and for Bournemouth. Um, they're going to win another three points this weekend over Chelsea, I'm sure. And the last game on Sunday, we saw Liverpool get a massive win over Tottenham. Controversial here because 3-0 up in 15 minutes. Uh, once again, we're thinking Tottenham are going to get crushed and have to pay their their fans uh, ticket fees for traveling to another absolute banging game. And then slowly but surely, Tottenham got back in the game. Liverpool's defense showed with TAA's responsibilities, defensive responsibilities, I should say, being allevi alleviated of him, and it more being so on Konate down that side, and it's just not working. They're leaking so many damn goals that they need to score three, four goals to win games, which is not a good recipe for success, um, especially as a fan. You'd give me a heart attack every game knowing we could give up three goals. Um but they got the job done because of a Jota goal in the 90th minute, that, or 90, sorry, 93rd minute, thanks to Lucas Moore, who again makes a critical error, getting a red card in the Everton game a couple games ago and ending up in a draw for them. And now a turnover to lose points here on the road, which would have kept them in the top six. But now they're in seventh outside the Europa League place. They're in the Conference League place the prestigious conference league place, which everybody wants. And it's a tough one for Ryan Mason there because I, I believe the Jota foul on skip was a red card. I mean, regardless of intent, his boot is head level and he spikes onto his face. We saw 
Sadio Mane in the past cleat Ederson in the face and got a straight red immediately and it was I just saw no difference there um so eventually bit Tottenham in the butt and uh to Liverpool's fortune live our pool as Evan would say get three points to continue their five game win streak and their pursuit for Champions League which it's looking more and more likely if uh United keeps slipping here so we had the game on Monday the extended games here into the midweek this, this game, I would have to say, was top three of the the slate we had that we're covering. Leicester and Everton take take a share of the points, which I listened to the episode Evan did, and he said it was a better point for Everton, but I think it hurts both teams. You need three points because this is a, this it was a six-pointer. If you could get three points over a rival here, I mean, you get three, you take three from them, definition of a six-pointer, but both teams hurt. Both, both teams lose here, and it's tough. I mean, unfortunately, we saw Seamus Coleman pick up an injury and get get stretchered off, so we saw Patterson come in, and tough scenes for a club legend like Coleman to get carried off like that, but he was positive coming off and supportive of the team and wanted the fans to get hyped up to back the boys playing the rest of the match. So interesting, to say the least, uh, ending in a result, but Vardy and DCL both scoring. I think ultimately the game was decided by a missed penalty by James Madison in the first half, right before halftime. And go, you could have went three-one in at the half, which would have been crippling as an Everton player. But only two-one, and they got Alex Wobi on the score sheet early in the second half. Definitely a game changer. So it's going to be interesting to see how these teams finish out. I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about Everton. I think it's worse for Everton not getting the three here because of their schedule left, still having to play Man City. And I, I think that, yeah, Brighton, they play Brighton this weekend. So it's it's really bad. It's just too many missed opportunities will ultimately kill you in this league. And missing of speaking of missed opportunities after missed opportunities, we have Arsenal three, Chelsea one. This is going to be the game I'm going to be on more, obviously. Evan, he was worried about the game, and I I reassured him he had nothing to worry about here. I said it's a free three points. You could come into this game losing 20 straight games, and uh, with this Chelsea team in particular, you are going to walk over us. So just the the confusion, the the no, the lack of shape, the the tension between players, and it's just at all time high, and it's just absolutely pain absolute pain kudos to the fans that go to these games and get up for them and in any sort of way and they just laugh about it and the the best thing was we scored here and i mean they just went on like the 10 minute cheer of the we scored a goal and the fans were just delusional at that point and it was it's just i mean Aubameyang getting nine touches and half of them being on kickoff just sums up the way the team is Matawake being a bright spot, getting a goal here is first for the club. Sterling being Sterling and no defensive awareness and lack of passing his passing. I mean, I was just screaming at the TV. So many underhit passes. Just get in behind. We have the pace to get in behind. Matawake went on a great run, beat three guys and created a chance. I mean, I barely saw anything after that with him and you got Mudrik, who wants to play and is going to be here for the long run. The guy's got a seven, eight-year contract. I mean, if you're just tell the people that don't want to be here to leave. I've said this over and over. 
play the guys that are going to be here in the long run that you see have a future get some youngsters in i don't care i mean it's just it's it's just so hard to watch especially a guy like uh, Azpilicueta who's been a phenomenal player with with the team and has been with us over a decade has been a part of so much so much success with this club and to see him playing now in this team at his point at the point of his career where he had he doesn't have what it takes to play in this league anymore and it's just really sad to see for somebody that's given so much to this club to 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 go out like this inevitably is really sad but credit to Arsenal put them back to put them back in first at the time until the following day which we saw Man City get a big win over West Ham 3-0 first half it was looking really close it looked like West Ham was going to do something potentially but second half started and that's when City opened things up Ake, Phil Foden, first time in a while for him, and then Holland breaking the Premier League goal scoring record, 35 now, 51 overall in all comps. Uh, I was listening to some podcasts. They said the only record, the only scoring record he has left to break is, I believe, 60 goals in a single season, which is a record held by a player back in 1927, I believe. So close to a 100-year record, and I mean they play leads this week he could get five easy and um it's it's highly possible he could put another 10 on the board uh, two champions league games an fa cup final and what was that five premier league games so that's that's uh and then if you if you want to consider a, a champions league final that's potentially nine games left for him to get nine to ten goals and if if any if this year's anything to go off of he could pr- probably get 15 in those games so yeah, big win for City again. West Ham, tough. A lot of guys were, a lot of key guys weren't available um, in Zuma, Rice, and uh, I believe one other, uh, Suchek. Suchek wasn't in here either. So three massive guys to miss, and you could sell on the result. It, it was felt. Uh, the other game we had Wednesday, Liverpool, Fulham. Fulham losing 0 or 0-1. I don't know why I said it that way. Liverpool won 1-0. Uh, off of Mo Salah Penn, getting back, padding his stats there, getting Salah uh, fourth now in the Golden Boot chase. He's got 18, so two more, and he gets in the 20 club, which Ivan Tooney's third in, which is remarkable uh, for a Brentford player. I think he's the second Brentford player ever to do that in the top flight of England. But back to this game. We saw a rotation in the front three. Diaz and Nunes, we were, I was saying in the past, we're wait, I'm waiting to see when they start. And this was the game, and didn't not too much going on there. Um, playing a full a week Fulham team with a lot of rotated guys in there due to fitness and obviously injury. So Trent again in the midfield. They didn't really have an answer for him attacking wise. Fulham conceded a lot of good chances to 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 Liverpool, but ultimately only held them to one nil, which shows how Fulham have been this year. They're tenth. The, they start off really hot. They had their tactics down with Marco Silva, and now it's just crashed out due to Mitrovic eight match ban, key players getting injured, and maybe a bit of complacency yeah, off of their hot start to where players thought, oh, we're safe, so it don't matter anymore, and we'll go again next year. So maybe early early beach trip for them really cost them. And then lastly, uh, 
Evan's Evan was recording his portion of the episode during the Brighton United game, and I can now say Brighton got a 98th minute winner on a penalty handball by Luke Shaw. Var decision ultimately cost them. We saw this, I believe, in a past a past match between these two teams. I believe it was during the COVID year where. Man United was awarded a 90th minute penalty off of VAR. Uh, Bruno Fernandez put away the winner. Comes back to again, but in Brighton's favor this time with McAllister putting it away. This was back and forth. Tight game. Open. 22 shots for Brighton. 16 for United. 6 on, tar- on target for Brighton to, to United's 5. Possession. 60-40 in Brighton's favor. Just an absolute brawl back and forth. We saw Moises Caicedo have to step in at that right pack position to Pascal Gross, who who was out of this, uh, wasn't available for this game. So we saw a mix of players in there. Uh, Billy Gilmore got the start due to that. McAllister getting the man of the match. And for United, they had the chances. They had the opportunities to take the lead in the first half. They created good chances. De Gea stood on his head. But it wasn't enough. They bottled Matoma to the best of their ability with Juan Bissaka and ultimately got kind of screwed over in, at the very end, which may cost them come the end of the year. As I mentioned, Brighton move up to sixth with 55 points. They have two games in hand on Liverpool above them, as well as a game in hand on United and Newcastle there. So it's coming out to potentially a six or sorry, a four team race for two Champions League spots there between Newcastle, United. Liverpool and Brighton if things don't change for Villa and Tottenham in that sense but a massive win for Brighton a massive win for Deserby and a big win for Welbeck over his former club so great to see there um that puts me about 26 minutes so getting around an hour in total if you listen to both portions of our episodes I'm gonna get into my picks now for this weekend's matches we have, like Evan said, just a normal weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, 10 matches. And getting into the first match, Wolves-Villa. I'm taking Villa on the road. Just what I was saying earlier with complacency, I think that's what full, what Wolves has here. I think Ollie Watkins gets a first goal in a while. And uh, I think Unai Emery gets back on the winning train here after uh, a tough defeat there to United previously. Next, Spurs hosting Palace. I'm taking a draw tough here. I want to take Palace, but I think Spurs at home after two abysmal performances on the road. Um, they're going to have to show out for the home fans. They, it seems the home fans want feel like they deserve something better and something more. And I think a Palace team that historically can be a punching bag. Uh, potentially could give something up here but i'm going to take a draw city leads sam allardyce first game in charge on the road city early holland 51 goals taking city bournemouth chelsea taking bournemouth um i just don't see why chelsea would show out here we don't play good at bournemouth historically and i mean gary o'neill's motivation to the team is going to be we can finish above chelsea we don't where we you can probably say we're never gonna have another opportunity like this. Um, so kick them while they're down and give a give a good performance to the home fans that show out to on the south coast. So I'm taking the cherries. <sighs> Tough to say, but 
Then we have Liverpool-Brentford. I'm taking Liverpool at home. Brentford's a tricky team, but I think Liverpool get off to an early lead, and I don't see Brentford being a team to fight back two down um, at Anfield. So taking a chance there back in Liverpool with their shaky defense. Newcastle hosting Arsenal. I really don't know where to take here after thinking about it for a little bit, but I think I'm just going to take a draw. This might ultimately seal the title race for City. And I think it gives Newcastle a strong chance of finishing top four. So I'm just taking based off of the the game being played at St. James Park. So taking a draw there. West Ham United at the London Stadium. Taking United. I think Ten Hag's going to have to get something going with the lads. They're going to have to push it to really secure their placement in that top four. Because it's getting very close to uh, red button territory. Um, at this point, if they don't finish top four in this year, it's going to be a failure for Ten Hag, I would have to say, after the strong start and overall season they've had so far. So I'm going to take United there. And then the last three games I have here, we have Fulham, Leicester. Really looking forward to this game. I've been enjoying watching Leicester uh, since Jamie Vardy's been their main guy up front. Uh, he's just got that dog back in him, popping off game after game, goal after goal. And um, I think they get something here on the road against a Fulham team that's heavily crippled. Um, but I, I don't, I won't put something crazy happening out of the question because Leicester is in the position they are for a reason. So I'm taking a chance with them on the road. Brighton Everton, I'm taking Brighton. I mean Everton on the road have been abysmal. Only one win, I think eight or nine draws. So they're more than likely gonna lose here which is going to put them in a very, very, very bad situation, especially if Leicester win. And um, if Leeds and Forest can get something out of their games, which are more favorable for them. Um, not Leeds, but Forest and Leicester. So I'm going to take Brighton. And then finally, Forest, Southampton. I'm taking Forest at home. This is going to seal the deal for Southampton. And um, this is going to be a massive three points for Forest, where the home crowd's going to be be there for a reason they're going to support the boys 12th man mentality and are going to get them over the line here especially with all their injuries that they have i think they're they're just gonna grit their way to the fight to the finish line and just scratch and claw for any type of opportunity to score especially against the southampton team that have been abysmal this year so forced at home with a win lester getting a win putting Leeds and everton in the bottom three after this weekend so that concludes the second part of the episode of episode 189. Like I said at the start of the show, apologies for the scheduling issues with you get with um, with Evan and you guys haven't listened to two separate parts of the same type of content. But if you listen to both, really appreciate really appreciate the loyalty you guys have been showing as of lately. And um, moving forward should be fun, winding down the end of the year and moving into the summer content. So. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Take care.